It's over. Thank God it's over. Well, you probably already know by now. Well, first, we're going to get into... Excuse me, burp. All right. All right. First, we're going to get into the intro. So, welcome everybody to another edition of the Red Sox Nation, the Illinois Charter Podcast. I'm your host, Tom O'Shea, episode 19. 19, and possibly this is going to be one of the best ones, like most happiest ones so far, because if you already heard the news, it looks like the MLB is coming back. It looks like they agreed to a new CBA, which means the season will start and looks like it's going to be a 162-game season after all. They will make up those games that we lost canceled earlier in the month. They will make them up, double headers. So, yeah, awesome. Baseball's back. Let's go. Let's go. Baseball is back. MLB baseball, at least. Yeah. We still got college baseball. Yeah, we'll talk about that too. Yeah, we're not get we're not gonna stop talking about college baseball. I mean, that's one of our segments this year. So yeah. So to begin with the week, they were gonna have new a new CBA talks to begin the week on Tuesday, and it looked like they were close to a deal. They gave them a better deal this time, and it looked like they would the MLB Players Association would be look like fools if they didn't take this offer, kind of make them look bad, kind of. So they were about to make the deal, and then later in the day, the MLB decided we want to implement an international draft. An international draft. Uh, Yeah. And especially since what I've been hearing about this international draft and the players' union did not really want this to happen, knowing that this would possibly kill um, the American draft in a way, or the amateur American draft. And what I've been hearing, too, uh, actually, guys like David Ortiz actually came out, and when the GOAT talks, you listen kind of deal. So let me see. Jeff Passan tweeted this, too. So this was during a voicemail he had. Let's see, Jeff Passan. All megaphone balls. The only real, yeah, basically the Adrian Wojciechowski of the MLB kind of deal. Yeah, he got hacked into this week. Yeah, somebody hacked into his account. <laughs> yeah, poor old. Yeah, poor old Jeff. <laughs> poor old Passon. Here we are. Here's a tweet. All right, so this is his tweet, Jeff Passon's tweet for uh, Dave Ortiz. In a voicemail sent to a group chat that w- that has been widely shared in the Dominic- in Dominican baseball circles, David Ortiz, the GOAT, oh, I, I emphasize that, all right, perhaps the most influential baseball voice in the country came out strongly against the international draft, according to a copy of the message attained by ESPN. Here it is, Ortiz. At the end of the day, I don't want those kids to be affected by it. Or be affected by it. I already played baseball. I had a career. I care about the kids being treated right now. I Or being treated right now. I just added that in because it just sounded gravelly. All right. I understand MLB wants to have control over everything they do. But you're not going to change the system overnight. He continues. Uh, Baseball is the most secret weapon or the is one of the secret weapons of the Dominican or Dominican economy. 
if you talk about the draft here in the States, you have choices. You can do football, basketball. You don't have choices. Dominican has baseball to make your way out. That's it. You have to be careful. Yeah. So, and that's where I kind of felt a deal wasn't going to get done on Tuesday. And sure enough, a deal didn't get done on Tuesday. Not until they had fixed the international draft or made it better or made it like basically, yeah, kind of like better or more pliable for, yeah. So as expected, they canceled more games and made it to that point possible that opening day was going to be on April the 14th. So, yeah. But then Wednesday or whatnot, I get my days mixed up. No, it was Wednesday all right, this was Wednesday. Sorry. All right, so on Thursday, they came came back again, and then they fixed the NF or uh, the international draft and made it so like it was workable and stuff like that, and agreeable to the players. They had their vote, and then Jeff Passan tweeted out, and this was the news we were waiting for, folks. The news that we have been waiting for for literally almost 100 days, 99 days exactly. Let me roll it up. Do, 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 do. All, right. All right, breaking. MLB Baseball and the player, or MLB Players Association have reached a tentative agreement on a new labor deal, sources tell ESPN. While it still needs to be ratified, which it did get ratified at around 5 o'clock, um, Eastern time or Central time, my time, and then Eastern or six o'clock Eastern time. Uh, both part by both parties, that is expected to be a formality. And when it is, baseball is back. And then he said, baseballs or uh, players can start reporting the spring training camps as early as uh, tomorrow, which was yeah Thursday. So today, so they start reporting today. Opening day is supposed to be, um. April the 7th, so yeah, so April the 7th will be opening day, and I believe, hold on, yeah, at, as Jesse Rogers reported first, transactions unfreeze upon ratification, which is expected to come as early as today, meaning free agency can, or free agents can sign and trades can occur. Final vote from eight of the executive uh, subcommittees and 30 player reps per source. This was the player's ref. So 26 to 12 in favor of the labor agreement. Okay. And then it was 30 to nothing for the owners. Yeah. When they ratified. All right. Baseball is back, folks. Baseball is back. I'm so happy. Seriously, the week I've had so far, how stressful it has been. This is the best news I heard all week. When I heard... That news coming from Jeff Passer, reading that tweet, we, I can't talk. All right. Reading that tweet, I just heard the Hallelujah Chorus being played in the background. Just, yes. Let's go. Yeah, just hearing that, like, just playing in the background in my mind. Just, yeah. Baseball's back, folks. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah, well, that's that's the actual. Or I was kind of listening, or uh, um, 
That also was going from my mind, too, like the Welcome Back song by Mace. We won't play the song, but you know what I'm talking about. Kind of that. that was kind of the, also what was playing in my mind. Welcome Back. Yeah. All right, so that being said, so, and now it's going to be a 102-game season after all because they're going to make those games up eventually. Um, so, when will be opening day? It looks like um, April the 7th, and it looks like it's uh, for the Red Sox. It's Red Sox versus Yankees. Red Sox are going to Yankee Stadium, 12 o'clock uh, start time, well, my, at my time, uh, 105 Eastern time. So, all right, first game of the day, first game of the season. I'm excited. Let's go. Yeah, you know, maybe I might take a vacation day on that day. I might, I might have to see. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm, I'm going to make that a habit for uh, moving forward in my work in my career. Every day, or or just the days that there's opening day, whether it falls on a weekday, I am taking that day off because I'm treating this like a national holiday kind of deal. Yeah, and it should be. I know there are some people that might argue with me, and I could see their argument too. But this is this is a great day for America, for America. This is our game. Let's celebrate it. Let's cherish it. How do you? Know? All right. So, and then they'll make those games up. I'm not really sure when. Um, but I did see spring training schedule for the Red Sox came out today. All right. <laughs> And it looks like, come on, here I, looks like, oh, wait, what, oh, wait, what is this? No, don't go back. Yeah, what's going on here? All right. It looks like they'll start playing games as, yeah, so they'll start playing games on St. Patrick's Day next week, next Thursday, spring training. Yeah, oh, what a. Oh, we'll get to wear our St. Patrick's Day uniforms. Awesome. That's my favorite holiday, Irish Christmas. <laughs> going to feel like Christmas, right? Although I'm probably not going to resubscribe my uh, MLB TV until two periods, so basically March the 30th, just for the fact that my this upcoming period or pay period for me is more kind of tight with money, and I kind of just want to wait until, like, the thirtieth payment, too. Yeah, because I get paid on the fifteenth and the thirtieth of every month, kind of deals. So, kind of waiting for that. Yeah. So, don't worry. We will bring back our MLB TV subscription. Just gotta wait a little bit. And knowing that opening day is until April the seventh, we got a bit of time. We got a bit of time. All right. And at, at the same time, I kind of treat spring training as more of as kind of like a glorified practice game kind of I'm not going to get worked up over that. I felt like, uh, win, lose. I mean, I'll walk, I'll pay attention a little bit, but I'm not going to go too in the depth. I mean, that's what I'll say. We'll go over, uh, for moving forward. We will go over, um, spring training scores, but I'm just going to just tell, rent, shoot off the scores. And that's about it. I'm not going to go too much in the details because you know what? It kind of really doesn't matter a little bit too. spring training a little bit too. Yeah, I'm just kind of like in that way of saying like, yeah, just 
I mean, I'll pay attention a little bit too, but I'm not going to like get worked up over if the Red Sox win or not kind of deal in these spring training games. All right. But anyway, all right. We just went down rabbit hole. All right. March 17th, uh, they will play the Twins um, at JetBlue Park. So first home game on St. Patrick's Day. Okay. Yeah. All right. Awesome. All right. And then free agency started last night, although there weren't any free agent moves. That's the thing that really got me a little bit ticked. Nobody signed. I They acted like this was going to be like once the thing was ratified and free agency opened, um, you would see moves and trades and free agent signings coming out the wazoo kind of deal. It was quiet last night. Nobody made a move. Nobody. Not even free or not even minor league deals. It was quiet. It was like always quiet on the MLB front kind of deal. Like there was nothing going on. It was just, yeah, it was too quiet for comfort kind of deal. Like, come on, guys. We waited months for this and nobody's making a move. I would, I would like, no, knowing we were gone for like 99 days, you would see a lot, and knowing like we got to get these rosters moving quickly kind of deal, as in we got to, yeah, we got to make these rosters and moves quickly because spring training's coming and we need to get everybody to camp and get ready before, yeah, before uh, April the 7th. Just, it just blew my mind. What, what are we doing? <laughs> Yeah, but they did make some moves today. Unfortunately, Red Sox didn't make a move. Uh, all right, yeah. But they are getting interest. Interest. Yeah. But first, let's go over the rules. I forgot to mention this in the CBA deal. All right, so there will be a 12-team expansion postseason. Um, so six teams in each league. Um, so three division team or three division winners and three wild card teams, and I feel like they get to pick who they uh face off against, like either like the higher seed and stuff like that in the wild card round. Um, universal DH, that's still a thing that's going to happen in both leagues. Um, so there's not going to be any more seven inning double headers. Um, I'm I was kind of Maybe okay on that. I'm not really sure. I mean, I was on the fence on that. So seven inning double headers. So we're going back to nine inning double header games. And that ghost runner in the the start, the extra innings, that's gone too. So bye bye. Oh, and they also made some rules too. Um, uh, let's see. They got rid of the shift. I'm not really sure. I mean, coming from someone who basically. I mean, personally, I kind of hate the shift a little bit too, but I could see maybe the strategy behind it kind of deal. It's just when my team's on offense, it really sucks for me. When um, a hit that could have been a hit is now an out. In So literally in the past, when you didn't have the shift, that's a base hit. But when there is a shift, that's not base hit. But I could see the strategy to it, too, which is, I don't know, I'm on the fence, too. Um, <clears throat> what else? They were going to, they were going to, like, basically, like, enlarge the bases, too. I forgot what the other rule was. I don't know. Let's see. 
<clears throat> oh, yeah, pitch clock. They were implementing a pitch clock. Basically, the speed up the game, that's kind of the thing. I don't know why banning the shift was implement or basically impaired the speed of the game. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know what large in the – I've seen the bases in large. I mean, it looks awful. I don't know why Rob Manfred decided these rules. But whatever. Uncle Manfred will do what he wants kind of deal. All right. So, free agent signings or, like, basically, or interests. Um, it looks like it came out today that looks like um, more has been done on the Trevor Story front of signing him with the Red Sox. I mean, they're now in kind of negotiation mode at this point, but still a deal hasn't really been close again done so far. But it's kind of looking like they're making progress a little bit. Too. And there are in like a neutral interest space. Maybe Trevor Story as a Boston Red Sox. Maybe. Could happen. We'll see. Maybe in the next couple of weeks. Or in the next week or so. Yeah. Doubt it. I would actually like that signing. Because A, the guy's the same age as me. And also, I did uh was teammates with us, Trevor Story, at Harlan Community College. Um, he was a pitcher, though, and also uh, store, that story's uh, last name was actually spelled different than the Trevor story I'm talking about. Or Trevor story that is trying to, is a shortstop for, yeah, freedom shortstop, yeah. And also this dude's now an uh, insurance salesman in uh, Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I could be wrong on that. Hold on. I'm, lo- I'm going to look it up as an Instagram. All right. Trevor, where are you, buddy? Here we are. Uh, it doesn't say anything on it. Okay, it doesn't really say anything. Uh, crap. <laughs> no, his bio it looks something different. All right, never mind. Okay. So, yeah. Um, also, um, if that didn't work, uh, they were thinking of uh, Jonathan Villar. That wouldn't actually be a bad signing. Jonathan Villar. Actually, it might be a pretty good signing if Trevor Story doesn't work out. That actually might be a good signing. Kind of knowing how, looking at his stats and stuff like that, that actually might be a decent kind of signing. It wouldn't be the best signing, but it, it would be decent. I, I wouldn't really complain about that kind of deal. Um, the one interest I was really skeptical about, kind of thinking what, was bringing back Colin McHugh. Yeah, I know Jared Carabas hates um, Colin McHugh, and I kind of don't like him either, kind of deal. One, because A, he's an asshole to Jared Carabas, and B, he kind of quit on the 2020 Red Sox. Even though that team was possibly going to go nowhere and uh, finish up in last place, he kind of did quit on him, kind of deal, which we could have done with a start or starting pitcher like him, he decided, you know, I just want to opt out of this season. Little bitch. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> and, and not after, and after that, he decides to sign with the Rays after that season. So basically we just wasted that free agent signing in 2020. We could have done with an arm like his, but he decided, you know what? I'll just quit the team because I'm above it. What a coward. F him. I would be mad if we signed him. Oh, my word. Why? To create pitching depth to replace Erod? Ugh. Unreal. 
Well, we do have some bad news on the, or a little bit of some worrying news on the Seiya Suzuki sweepstakes. So it looks like we are one of the hotly contested teams to get Seiya Suzuki, but it kind of looks like we got company too on our we got companies showing up too and it doesn't look like it's the Avon lady. <laughs> All right, so it looks like the Mariners, Giants, Dodgers and Cubs. The Cubs. Okay. All right. We they better not he the Cubs better not sign him because Cubs fans around here especially in this area will Basically just rubbing in my face. Hey, buddy, I heard your stupid Red Sox didn't get Seiya Suzuki. <laughs> He's going to be a cubby. Shut up. Oh, my God. Why do I live in this state? Sometimes it makes me wonder why I live here. Like, Jesus Christ. Casual fans acting excited over this. Now, if they get uh, Carlos Correa. Ooh, man. Man. You'll see them go wild, these Cubs fans. Yeah, they will go wild over signing him. <laughs> I didn't even know the Cubs were in the running to get him. I know they did sign up Aldrichson Simmons today, but they acted like they're not out of the running to get Carlos Correa either. Yeah, they could still get him too, which would kind of be great if they kind of did because I don't want to see Correa in a Yankee jersey. Even though he would fit that personality, I don't want to see him in a Yankee jersey facing off against my team six times, six series or six times in the series. I just don't want to see that happen. No, no. Please make sure he does not get into my division. But if he gets into my division, make it be a Boston Red Sox because we are not dealing with that. Even though signing him would kind of be a pipe dream at this juncture, but yeah. <clears throat> Pipe dream of the stone. Yeah. All right. So we will go to break, then come back and do our college of baseball segments. So, yeah, don't go anywhere. All right. Bye. All right. We are back. All right. So the college baseball segment. So, so far, our right state, this is our Division One team so far, our Division One team right now. Or when I say right now, never mind. Our division team or Division One team, NCAA, no matter what. Um, so, um, so right now they are three and nine. So they did win uh, three games since the last time we talked. But here we go. Let's talk about them. So Saturday they played Oklahoma State. Yeah, last time we didn't really go over in last episode the college of baseball statement just for the fact that we were just mad about the them canceling games and stuff like that and like not getting a CBA deal done. So here we are. Saturday's game was canceled because of inclement weather. Then they played a doubleheader on Sunday. They got shellacked by Oklahoma State, the third be- or the fourth best team in the country. In game one of a doubleheader, get this. Brace yourselves, folks. 26-3. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean, did Wright State just not come to play? I mean, yeah, at this point, yeah. And then in the uh, second game, uh, they played. Uh, they almost came close to winning that game. They were up six to two in the ninth inning, and then after that, they just basically just gave it up. Uh, they basically 
tied it in the ninth. Oklahoma State did, and then they went to extra innings, and then Oklahoma State won in a walk-off, uh, seven to six. Then they made a pit stop at uh, Oral Roberts, which is a school also in Oklahoma, too, on Monday, on Monday on the twenty eighth of February, and they lost that game, another beatdown, thirteen to two, and. Right State, they were one of the best offenses in the country last year. What's going on? Did they just lose a lot of people? I mean, I would figure, yeah. All right. Then they, uh, on the fourth through the sixth, they played a free game series against Virginia Tech. At Virginia Tech or at uh, Blackburg or Blacksburg, Virginia. Um, first game, got their first dub of the season. An 11-5 victory over the Hokies on uh yeah, on uh, yeah, Friday or Friday afternoon, and then on Saturday, lost nine to three in game two, and then on Sunday another beat down seventeen to one. Wow, to lose that series three games to two against Virginia Tech. Ugh. Yeah, and then on two or this Tuesday they played against Dayton their first home, or their home opener, and it was a fourteen to nothing victory. For the old Raiders, awesome, very good, very good, very good, awesome. Way to get your first home dub, all right, on your home opener. And then they played uh, yesterday. They played uh, Indiana State, won that game six to three. And then on or today they did lose six to two to in game two. And then they won't play again until Sunday because they're getting inclement weather around like Kentucky and uh. Um, Ohio or Ohio, so they're probably not going to play on Saturday or tomorrow. Next game Sunday, and that's the series finale. Hopefully, they'll get a series stub against Indiana State, but you never know at this point. So right now, they are not ranked in the nation. So they're not. They're not in the top twenty-five ranking, or at least D1Baseball.com top twenty-five. The number one team in the land so far is uh, Texas or uh, the Longhorn. Longhorns of Texas. So basically, Roger Clemens, all mater. Yeah. So right now, they're, well, it says right here they're 11 and 1, but this was uh, updated on Monday. So a lot of things have changed since then. I think they did get another loss, like Texas or Texas State. Yeah. At home. Yeah. They got upset. Whoo. Yeah. And Texas State basically made sure they knew about it. Horns down. <laughs> you saw that what their uh, closing pitcher did that like in the final. He basically did like a horns down. Oh, that's man. All right, as I said, Wright State is not ranked. I wouldn't figure they would at this point, knowing them. All right, so that is it for Division One. All right, Division Three or Division Two NCAA. We got the Central Missouri. Uh, Mules, yeah, the Central Missouri Mules. Let's see, da, da, da. let me get there. All right, so right now, as we speak, they are 12 and 3. All right, so let's see, where did we leave off? All right, so last time we talked, they opened up conference play against uh, Northwest Missouri State on Saturday. And they won the and they won the first game for nothing. So pretty good, pretty good. And then on uh, Sunday they played uh, them again for game two, eight to five win. 
at home or wait. Oh, actually, no, away. Yeah, at uh, Northwest or Northwest Missouri State. Okay. And then on Monday, well, the Sears got pushed back a couple or a day later because of like implement weather. So they played on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So on Sunday, the 28th, they uh, played uh, their game free and won that game 13 to 9. So pretty good, pretty good. Awesome, awesome. And then um, let's see. Then they played Northeastern State, um, the next conference series on this for or this past Thursday, so a week ago, and won that game eleven to six. So pretty good. Then they played them game two on Friday, the fourth of March, won that game six to two or not six to two, six to one. My bad. And then, um, and oh, actually they played two or oh wait. No. All right. Game three. All right. I was right. Game three. All right. Never mind. Game three, they played them again and then won 11 to 2. So pretty good. So they swept that series. So, yeah. So they've been basically on a roll since then. Then they played Dury, which is a non conference opponent on Wednesday. And then they basically just, it was basically a football score at this point 24 to 11. Uh, Missouri State win. So pretty good at us uh, in Springfield, Missouri. And then. They open and then they have another conference series. Well, yeah, yeah, another conference series starting Sunday, and it's against uh, Emperor, Emperor State doubleheader on Sunday. Started off so pretty good at home in Warrenburg, Missouri. Awesome, pretty good, pretty good. And currently, right now, they by the baseball or the National College Baseball Writers Association. They are now um, 13th ranked in the nation, so pretty good. Awesome. And the number one team in the land right now for NCAA Division II is Nova uh, Southeastern. So they are, yeah, so they're at this point, they're undefeated 16-0. and 0. Pretty good. Awesome. Pretty, pretty good. So Wingate basically, yeah, so they've basically fallen off. Haha. <laughs> yeah. That's karma for beating Missouri State or Central Missouri. In the finals last year, Wingate, yeah, you should let us one. Right. Okay, Division Three, and as I said, we had two Division Three teams. Um, I was originally going to have a one Division Three UMass Boston, but then one. If you didn't hear the story from a couple weeks ago, one of my old pitching coaches from Harland, who's now one of the uh, pitching coach or the pitching coach. At Augustana or Augustana College in Illinois, which is like Rock Island, Moline, Illinois, um, basically Snapchat or Snapchat messaged me on uh, or well actually messaged me on Snapchat asking, "Hey, can you do Augustana baseball scores?" And I thought, "Okay, sure, we'll add you on." All right, but first, I'm going with the boys from Boston, Matt, Boston, Mass, UMass, Boston. So they started their season this year or this week. And right now they are undefeated 4-0. Awesome. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. First game on Monday, they played Framingham uh, State. Yeah, the pride of Framingham. Lou Moroni. That's basically his hometown, Framingham, Massachusetts. All right. And they won that game 10-1. Awesome. And then Wednesday's game got postponed. And then they played LaSalle University. On Thursday, won that game, or yesterday, won that game eight to nothing. 
And then today they played a doubleheader against North or Northern Vermont University in Linden. Game one, 15-3 victory. And game three, or game not game three, game two, a 13-2 victory. And then they uh, start on, and then on Monday they play uh, MIT uh, at home again, all right, at 3 p.m. on Monday. Well, 2 p.m. my time. 3 p.m. Eastern time. Um, let's see. Right now, currently right now, Division Three standings, they are not ranked right now just because they just started their season. So they're not ranked as of now, but they probably will be, you know, probably in the next ranking. Probably next week's ranking, they probably will be. So hold on to your hats there, folks. How much time I got on this segment? Oh, I got plenty of time. All right. Okay. We might be in the running for the longest episode. I mean, I'm probably not going to be able to go to bed tonight. Just for I'm just so hyped up and stuff like that. Didn't really take my medicine um, and stuff like that. So I'm basically just hyped up at this point. All right. Augustana College. This is for you, Coach H, if you are listening. ish. <clears throat> All right. Let's see where we left off. All right. All right. So basically, so Sunday the twenty seventh. This is where we left off. Um, they played La Ross uh, College. Uh, they got their first L. The C. Oh, hold on. We actually should go over the record. So that right now they are six and three right now overall. And then, so yeah, as I said, a couple of Sundays ago they played La Ross in uh, Jacksonville, Illinois. Lost that game 11-8. And then, yeah, so basically their first L of the season. Then they played Illinois College and then won that game 16-1. to So pretty good, pretty good. And then they went down to Florida to play in the Gene Cusick uh, Collegiate um, Classic. And then first game was against Plymouth State. Won that game 15-3. Then they played St. John's, not St. John's in New York, but St. John's in Minnesota. And won that game five to four. Then they played Plymouth State on Sunday of on the sixth of so last Sunday. Lost that game nine to six. And then lost against Bluffton eight to five. And then Sunday will be their next game, and then it's against uh, University of Wisconsin and Elo Claire. Elo Claire, if I'm saying that right. So yeah, it's going to be a doubleheader. All right, and then they go back to Florida again. Oh, for the Russ Matt invitation. Oh, I remember playing that or uh, being that for Heartland. Yeah, that's a good tournament. Yeah, I love going down the floor. I love going down the floor. That was fun. That was just fun. It made you feel alive down there. But we'll get into Heartland in a little bit. All right. So currently, right now, we're uh, Augustana is ranked. They are not ranked, but they are receiving votes. I believe nine. Yeah, I hope that's the Augustana I'm talking about. What I'm looking at here. So they are getting nine votes. So, but right now they are not ranked in the nation right now. Ooh, Milligan's getting some votes. I have a or I have a, a former ex player that I coach for uh, Norman Community. Yeah, Christian uh, or Christian, Bador, or Christian Bedoric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He pitches over there. Where's Illinois Wesley? Are they ranked? That's the Christian Gods that's like in town. 
Yeah, I'm not seeing them. I'm seeing some of their conference. Yeah, well, actually, that's the thing about Augustana. They're in Illinois Wesleyan's call or conference. So yeah. All right. Might be going against the hometown boys. Yeah. All right. NAIA. All right. Tennessee Wesleyan. So right now they've been on a roll. They have they've only lost one game so far. All right, but I'll go over their record. All right. Oh, yeah, that's right. All right, so right now they are 23-1, and 10-0 in conference play. I forgot to mention the other, other people's conference plays too, but all right, we'll do that in the next episode. All right, so they started conference play. I mean, uh, um, so they played against Columbia or Columbia International. So they took the next two games, double headers. On the 26th of February, won that game or won the first game four to two and won the second game eight to four. And then they played a week or a weekday series or weekend or weekday game against the University of the Cumberlands and won that game 12 to seven at home. Then they played Milligan at home for a conference series and basically just dusted them, one of the best teams in the NAIA in the country. Friday of the fourth, they won that game 13 to two. And then on the, and then on game one on on a Saturday, dusted Milligan twenty one to one, and then in the second game eleven to six. Then they played Brian on a Tuesday, I believe, because they had the they were supposed to play one game either on Monday and Wednesday, but then because of inclement weather, they had to like change it, so they played a doubleheader on Tuesday. They won the first game seven to two, and this won the second game eight to one. Then they played. Uh, then they went to Kentucky or Grayson, Kentucky, um, and played um, another conference series. Uh, I can't talk. Um, Kentucky Christian University, and they won the first game thirteen to nothing. Then there wasn't really any noise today. They were supposed to play two games today to finish off the series, but. We didn't get any score, and I was kind of wondering what was going on. They were kind of leaving us in the dark a little bit. I was wondering, what's happening? Why haven't we got a score yet? Well, I kind of found out why. You know what I was saying earlier that Kentucky and Ohio were getting weather, like winter weather and stuff like that? Well, we shall show you. Yeah, currently they are under a winter storm warning. Yeah. Yeah, where they're getting... Hold on. All right. So, this winter warning is in effect until 3 p.m. Saturday. So, basically, they're getting, like, literally the same winter weather that here in central Illinois, we got, like, earlier in February, that first day in February, like, Groundhog Day, where we got, like, around like five to eight inches of snow. They're getting the same stuff we got kind of deal in early February. So I could see making an educated guess here. I'm making an educated guess thinking they didn't play today. Knowing, seeing this weather and knowing how long this winter weather warning has been in effect, I don't think they played today. And they just didn't bother to tell any of us, like not even te- or 
Kentucky Christian even said anything too. Like their social media like is really weird. Like they don't really do any update. Like people were asking, like, what what was the score? What was the score? Who won? Were there games to be played today? Well, it looked like there weren't any games to be played today. Yeah, there weren't. <laughs> yeah. So currently, right now, I'm not really sure when they'll play again. I'm pretty sure they're not going to play again this weekend, but I know for sure their next game. Come on, come on, come on. Is against. Uh, Oh, yeah, here we are. It's against uh, for our West Virginia Institute of Technology on Monday, 1 p.m., back at home in Athens, Tennessee. You know what we forgot to do? Oh, man, we forgot to talk about who was number one in Division Three in NCAA. Crap. We forgot about that. Uh, shoot. Uh, crap. All right. Division Three. Here we are. Hold on. We'll get it figured out. Sorry about that, folks. I forgot to tell you who was number one in the land. All right. All right. We'll get it fixed. All right. How much time do I have? Oh, we're kind of running out of time. All right. Oh, this is 2020. All right. Go. Why do we have an update from two years or have a ranking from two years ago? All right, uh, it's a uh, Cortland uh, College, so they are seven and two right now. So they're number one ranked in the land for Division three. All right, sorry about that. I should have done a little bit better. All right, but for uh, NAIA, the Tennessee Wesleyan, they are second ranked in the land, but behind them is or above them is uh, Southeastern uh, College in Florida. Um, so they are still undefeated, twenty three and zero. But things could have changed over the week. This is like from Monday, or basically from Thursday. Right, Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. When, yeah. So that's it for NAIA. All right. So for Division, or for uh, NJC, or JUCO Division One. So here we go. So we have Florida Southwestern. Ooh, voice crack. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that didn't sound right. I kind of do have like a little bit of a sore throat a little bit too, but it's 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 really is funny. All right. Okay. We'll still press on with no sore throat or no sore throat. All right. Yeah. All right. So last time we talked, they uh, played against the uh, Pasco Hernando State and lost that game 6-5. So on Saturday, on the 26th of uh, February, they played Polk College or Polk State College, won that game 15-5. And then on Monday, they played against Polk State College again for game two, lost that game in 10 innings, 8-7. Um, then, on, uh, then on Wednesday, on the March 2nd, they played against Polk State again, lost the game and the series 4-1, so ugh. Well, not series four to one, but three games to two. Yeah, not great for the old uh, Buccaneers. Then on Friday the fourth, they played against uh, Saint Petersburg College, 
Not St. Petersburg in Russia, St. Petersburg, Florida. Yeah. You probably knew what it meant there. Yeah, basically where the Ray, Tampa Bay Rays play. <laughs> All right. So they won the first game 10 or 10 nothing in seven innings. Then game two on Saturday, the fifth, they won that game seven to nothing. And then on Monday for the series finale, they won the game 10 to two. And then starting Wednesday or starting Wednesday, they played against Hillsborough or Hillsborough Community College, won the first game 10 or six to four. And then tonight or today, they played against them again for game two and won that game 10 to nine. And then they're going for the series finale tomorrow at 6 p.m. So hopefully they'll get, well, actually they've won the series. So actually I should say they won the series. So they're going for the sweep tomorrow. All right. So they kind of picked it up a little bit after the whole uh, downfall with the vacation of wins. I'm still confused of what happened there. I'm still a little confused. I'm still asking questions of what happened there. All right, so they are seventeen and or seventeen and eleven, and six and two in conference play. And right now, currently, right now, Florida State or our Florida Southwestern State is ranked seventeenth in the nation. Pretty good. All right, awesome. So they're ranked. It does say they're fourteen and eleven, but yeah, that's different now. All right, then Tyler Junior College. In Texas, we kind of need to wrap this up a little bit. We're running out of time in this uh, recording session. All right. So they played against uh, or or Palano College, won that game six to nothing, and then uh, or well, actually played a doubleheader, uh, won the first game six to nothing, and then lost the second game five to four. Then the next day on the 28th, they played against uh, Northeastern Texas Community College uh, in doubleheader, won both games, 9-4 to four in the first one, and then 9-5 to five in the second. Then they played Angelina College on March the 2nd, doubleheader conference, won both games, first one 6-2, and then the second one 12-8. <clears throat> and then, man, they didn't really update this. Hold on. I have a way. Takes a little bit of time. 24. Oh, man. We're, we need to get this done in six minutes. All right. Crap. Come on. Come on. Come on. Where are you? Come on. Here we are. Let's go. Come on. All right. All right. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right. Here we are. All right. So they played East or East Central College. Lost both games. 9 to 1 and then 12 to 5 in the second and then they played against Paris Community College at in Paris, Texas. Won the first game 8 to 2 and then lost the second game 10 nothing. And then they played Navarro or Navarro College tomorrow doubleheader. It looks like it's a conference tournament or a conference game. So as I oh darn darn I didn't want to do that. So currently right now crap. I want to do that. So currently, right now, they are 16 and 8 in play. And right now, they are not ranked. Right now, ranked in the land right now for Division One uh or Division One JUCO is Walter State Community College. They are 20 or 20 and 2. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Awesome. All right. 
And then finally, Harlan Community College, and we will wrap up the college baseball segment. All right. So, currently right now, so my bo- so my boys, all the Heartland Hawks, so they basically just finished a series or basically finished a uh, – so, yeah, hold on. So, currently right now, they are 7-5 and five right now. And let's see. They start – so, they played against uh, Harper College on Monday. They won the oh, – they won the first game 11 to nothing and then won the second game 13 to 3 so basically blowouts then on Tuesday the next day they played Bryant uh, Stratton College doubleheader lost the first game 14 to 4 and then won the second game 12 3 and then that's the last time they're going to play at Heartland until they come back from Florida so yeah so they played in the Rust Mat tournament in Central Florida the tournament that we played when we were at or played when we were at Heartland. I didn't say play. I know I didn't really play, but you you know what I mean. All right. All right. So they played first game on Saturday. Owens Community College won that game six ten to two. Then they played Jackson College, doubleheader, lost the first game seven to four, and then won the second game six to three. Then they played Oates or Glen Oates Community College. And won that game 13 to nothing. And then they played Century College in a doubleheader, won the first game on a walk-off, nine to eight, and then lost the second game, nine to two. And that concluded their Florida trip. Man, they ended that quickly. I thought they would be down there for a week. They were down. And they were supposed to play uh some games in Tennessee, the same place they started the um started early in the season, but because of winter weather in Tennessee and around the area, they kind of had to botch those games. So their next game is against uh, Lakeland College in Mantoon, Illinois on Tuesday. So, yeah, 2 p.m. start. All right. And they don't play – then they start conference play on next weekend against Danville Area Community College. All right. Man, they're going to go to that old ballpark. Where they filled the bay bat. Danville's historic ballpark. Yeah. All right. That's it for uh college baseball segment. When we come back, we will do uh another segment of Red Sox 120, this time the 2000s. And let me tell you, this is where the good times start rolling for Boston Red Sox. So don't go anywhere. All right, we are back. All right, so Red Sox 120. Man, we might be going into the running for like the longest episode in podcast history. What is the what is the I think it's episode three and that lasts like an excuse me. Sorry, I have the burp. Alright. That lasted like an hour thirty five minutes and like eleven seconds. Yeah. We might be in the running for that tonight because I know we got something uh planned. For this week too, that isn't really baseball related, but it's kind of more basketball, more March Madness because tis the season a little bit too. I kind of did make, I won't give a little bit of surprise. I'm going to wait until like after this segment's over to tell you, but I got a little surprise for you. Yeah. So we might be in the running, which by the way, I got to let you know, we're not going to drop an episode tonight. We're recording Friday night, the majority of this Friday night, and then we're going to drop it Sunday night. As in, but yeah, the 
that what's tied into the surprise kind of deal. Just gonna wait. So if you're thinking of if you're wondering if you're dropping an episode Friday and or see or haven't got like a notification of like a podcast being released, don't worry. We're haven't gone anywhere yet. Or we haven't gone anywhere. We're still here, kind of deal. We just haven't dropped the episode yet. So if you're thinking of waking up Saturday morning seeing uh, it being released, think again. It's going to be Sunday. All right. Let's get into the Red Sox 120. All right. So the 2000 season, so they finished the year 85 and 70, or 85 and 77, second in the American League East. Uh, manager was Jimmy Williams. General manager was Dan Duquette. Uh, scouting director was uh, Wade Britton. Ballpark was still Fenway Park. Attendance that year was 2,585,895, six in the American League. Uh, they were projected to go 86 and 76, so they were a game off, so they were a game worse than expected. Um, they were supposed to score 792 runs and allow 745. All right. All right. So the one thing that was good about this year, Pedro Martinez got another Cy Young, so basically kept the streak going. And speaking of your top 12 players, at number one, Pedro Martinez, your starting pitcher and your ace. At number two, Nomar Garcia Parra, your starting shortstop. At number three, Carl Everett, your starting center fielder. Then at number four, Derek Lowe, and I believe he was one of your starting pitchers, but I could be wrong there too. And no, he didn't crack the starting rotation. He was your closer. Huh. All right. And then at number five, Mike, or not uh, Trot Nixon. I almost called him Mike Trot at first. I did that in an earlier podcast when I had it before. I called the dude Mike Trout at first, but yeah. Nope, it's Trot Nixon, and he was your starting center right fielder. Then number six, Tomo Oka or Oka. And he was one of your starting pitchers, I believe. Yeah, he was in your starting rotation. And then at number uh, seven, the guy that wore number 34 before David Ortiz, Rich Garcia. And Rich Garcia was your one of your relief pitchers. Yeah, the guy that wore number 34 before David Ortiz. Then at number eight, Jeff uh, Fe- or Fer- Ferrasso. Jeff Ferrasso. And he uh, was one of your starting pitchers. And then at number eight, at number nine, the captain, your starting catcher, Jason Veritek. Then at number 10, Heliupo uh, Por- or Pac- Paraco. Man, I just butchered that poor guy's name. And he was one of your relief pitchers. Then at number 11, Rod Beck. And he was one of your relief pitchers, I believe. Uh, he was one of your pitchers, but it doesn't really say. Yeah, I think he came in late in the season. He wasn't in the rotation or uh, bullpen or starting rotation. And then at number 12, Troy O'Leary, your starting left fielder. All right, that is your 2000 Boston Red Sox. 2001, and this season is kind of special too, or kind of memorable too because of what happened during September 11th during the uh, 9-11 terrorist attacks and how that kind of like paused the season a little bit too. 
and stuff like that. So it kind of like brought the nation together and stuff like that. And I was kind of, I mean, I was kind of pulling for New York in that World Series just for the fact that just kind of what they've been through on September 11th and stuff like that. I think a lot of people, even people didn't get, like the Yanks were kind of pulling for the Yanks to win that World Series. Yeah, but they lost to the Diamondbacks in seven games. Diamondbacks only World Series win. Yep. That was 20 years. Yeah, it doesn't seem that long ago. All right. They were eight, they finished the year 82 and 79. Uh finished second in the American League East. Uh manager was Jimmy Williams, but then he was fired. And then Joe Kerrigan. Oh, that was I heard there was beef between him and Pedro Martinez. Pedro Martinez did not like this dude. And I've read his book and he hated Joe Kerrigan. Yeah. And then general manager was Dan Duquette. Scouting director was Wade Britton. Ballpark was Fenway Park. Attendance that year was 2,625,333, six in the American League. Um, and then they were projected to go 83 and 78, so they were a game worse than expected. Again, um, they were supposed to score 772 runs and allow 745. Here we go. All right, first year for Manny. At number one, you're starting left or you're starting designated hitter, Manny Ramirez. And then at number two, Pedro Martinez, your starting pitcher and ace. At number uh, three, Trot Nixon, your starting right fielder. At number four, or Hido Nomo, and he was one of your starting pitchers, I believe. Yep. All right. And then at number uh, five, Tim Wakefield. Let's see where the old Tim Wakefield's at. He was in your bullpen. He was one of your uh, bullpen arms. Then at number six, or Loano, or Arano, Arano, Arroyo, Arano, Arroyo, and he was one of your. Doesn't really say. Was he even a? Hold on. I'm trying to find where he's at. Pitcher, come on. Oh, he was one of your bullpen arms. Why did we not see that? Sorry. All right. And then at number seven, Derek Lowe. I believe he was still your closing pitcher, but I could be wrong there. Nope. Uh, yep, he was still your closing pitcher. At number eight, Frank Castello or Castillo. And he was one of your starting pitchers. He was in your starting rotation. At number nine, the Belleville, Illinois native, Brian Dahlbeck. And Brian Dahlbeck, and he was your uh, where oh, he was your starting first baseman. I thought he would be. Oh, yeah, that's right. D, D. Number 10, David Cohn. I did not know he was a Red Sox. That just blows my mind. He used to be a Red Sox, huh? And then he was, yeah, he's just one of your starting pitchers. And then at number 11, Jose Offerman. And he was your starting second baseman. And then at number 12, your starting catcher, Jason Veritek. Oh, actually, no. He was not one of your starting catchers. It was Scott Hattiebird. Huh. From Moneyball? Huh. Yeah, he was one of your backup catchers. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that to the captain. What are you doing? <laughs> your 2001 Boston Red Sox. 2002? All right. 
They finished the year 93-69, and 69, but second in the American League East again. Uh, manager was Grady Little. General manager was uh, Mike Port. Interim general manager, at least. Uh, scouting director was uh, David Chad. Ballpark was Fenway Park. Attendance that year was 2,650,862, fourth in the American League. They were projected to oh, they were projected to win hundred games and lose sixty-two. That did not come to pass. They were literally worse than expected. Um, they were supposed to score eight hundred and fifty-nine runs and allow six hundred and sixty-five. All right, your top twelve players. Here we go. All right, at number one, Derek Lowe. He might have been in the starting rotation. Yep, he cracked the starting rotation this year. At number two, your starting shortstop, Nomar Garcia-Para. At number three, your ace, Pedro Martinez. And he was one of your starting pitchers. Yes, I did not have to. I don't know why I scrolled down there, but okay. At number four, your starting left fielder, Manny Ramirez. At number five, your starting center fielder, Johnny Damon. At number six, your starting third baseman, Shea Hillenbrand. At number seven, Tim Wakefield. And he was one of your relief pitchers. And then at number eight, your starting right fielder, Mike. Or uh, I almost did it again. Trout Nixon. I almost called him Mike Trout again. What? What? Yeah. Picture, uh, now, now he doesn't look anything like my trial. All right. <clears throat> At number nine, your starting catcher, Jason Veritek. At number 10, the Belleville, Illinois native, Brian Dawback. Your, where is he? Yeah. Oh, he won your utility, man. All right. And then at number 11, Cliff Floyd. Oh, I did not know he was a Boston Red Sox at one point. Huh. Really? Yeah. He was one of your uh, backup designated hitters. And then at number 12, Ray, or Ray Sanchez. And he was your starting second baseman. All right, that is your 2002 Boston Red Sox. 2003, here we go. Now we're starting to move a little bit closer. All right, but we didn't know at the time. All right, so they finished the year 95 and 67, second in the American League East but good enough to make it into the postseason as a wildcard team. All right, so they won, uh, so they played uh, the Oakland Athletics, the Bat Bars, yeah, the Bat Bars, yeah. All right, so they played uh, in the division series. They were down three, or two games to none, but then basically just came back and just won three straight and won that series, three games to two against the Oakland Athletics. Then they went into the Merrill League Championship Series, they were basically tied three games or three games to three in game seven. They were up five to two late in the game. And then Pedro started getting into trouble. And then Grady Little decided, you know, I'm just going to leave you out there. I mean, you, you can go longer. And then that's where the game kind of got lost to the or kind of got lost. And it was lost on an Aaron Boone home run. Yankees go to the World Series. Red Sox go home. Yeah. All right, manager was Grady Little, but after that, he was gone after that. And then uh, general manager was uh, Theo Epstein, first year for Theo. Uh, scouting director was David Chad. Ballpark was Fenway Park. 
Attendance that year was 2,724,165, fourth in the American League. Um, they were projected to go 94 and 68, so they did a game better than expected. Uh, they were supposed to score 961 runs and allow 809. All right. Let's see. All right. How much time I got? All right. Here we go. Your top 12 players. At number one, Pedro Martinez, your starting pitcher and ace. At number two, Nomar Garcia Parra, your starting shortstop. At number three, Bill Miller, your starting third baseman and batting league champion that year. Awesome. And then at number four, Manny Ramirez, your starting left fielder. At number five, your starting right fielder, Trot Nixon. All right, I didn't do it this time. All right. At number six, Tim Wakefield. And he was, he made the starting rotation this year. Awesome. All right. And then at number seven, your starting center fielder, Johnny Damon. Oh, and look who cracked the list. My favorite player, first year on the team. At number eight, the GOAT, David Ortiz, your starting designated hitter. And then at number nine, your starting catcher, Jason Veritek. At number 10, or Derek Lowe, and he was your starting pitcher. I sh- should have known that. Um, at number 11, one of your bullpen arms, Mike Timlin. And then at uh, number 12, Byung Hoon Kim, one of your – hold on. We got to look this up. That is one. He was your closer, huh? Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, that is your – did he flip off the fans at Fenway at one game? I think he might have done that. I'm not sure. I I could have heard that, but yeah. That is your 2003 Boston Red Sox. 2004, and this year is significant because the curse was finally lifted. After 86 years, first time since we first time since we had ground troops fighting in the Bellow Wood in the in the Muse Oregon. I'm making World War One references. So basically, since we had ground truth fighting World War One in France at the time, the Red Sox finally win a World Series. They finally break the curse of the Bambino. They basically just do it all. All right, so here we go. 2004, the good times start rolling. All right. So they finished the year 98-64, and 64, second in the American League East again, but good enough to be a wild card team and make the playoffs. So they – uh. Going to the division series, they sweep the Angels or the Anaheim Angels, three games to none. Then in the AL or ALCS, they did face the Yankees. They go down 3 0. Things started looking grim. But then, thanks to Kevin Millar and a few other people too, like Dave Roberts stealing base, Ortiz making some clutch hits, they turned that thing around. They basically came down back from the dead kind of deal and win four straight win the pennant, make it to the World Series, and then in the World Series, they face the St. Louis Cardinals and basically just dusted them, basically swept them. They never – Cardinals never led in any of the games and basically 86 years of hardship finally ended. Red Sox won the World Series. Manager was uh, Terry Francona. General manager was Phil Epstein. Scouting director was Dave Chad. Uh, ballpark was Fenway Tarp or Fenway Tarp Fenway Park. 
I'm just so passionate right now. I just can't talk. All right. Attendance that year was 2,837,294, fourth in the American League. Uh, they were projected to go 96 and 66, so they were two games better than expected. Um, so they were supposed to score 949 runs and allow 768. Here are your top 12 players. Here we go. At number one, Kurt Schilling, your starting pitcher, I believe. I could be wrong, but I could be right. Yes, I was right. Then, number two, your ace, Pedro Martinez. At number two, one of your starting pitchers. Number three, the GOAT, David Ortiz, your starting DH. At number four, your starting center fielder, Johnny Damon. At number five, your starting left fielder, Manny Ramirez. At number six, your starting catcher, Jason Veritek. At number five or number seven, your starting second baseman, Mark Bellhorn. At number eight, your closing pitcher, Keith Folk. At number nine, your starting first baseman, Kevin Millar. At number ten, your start one of your starting pitchers, I believe. Hold on. I'm yeah. Yeah, one of your starting pitchers, Bronson Arroyo. At number eleven, your starting shortstop. Well, Oh, actually, Pokey Reese. Oh, never mind. Well, one of your backup shortstops, Orlando Cabrera. And then at number 12, oh, he was on this team too? Kevin Euclid, one of your backup first basemen? Huh. Yeah. Actually, third baseman, never mind. All right, married to Tom, one of Tom Brady's sisters. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know that. That's just wild that he's married to one of the Brady sisters. They married to one of the goat sisters. Yeah. Tom Brady. All right. That is it for 2004. 2005, here we go. So they did not repeat this year. Uh, they went 95 and 67. Second in the American League East again. They did lose in the division series to the eventual World Series champion. Chicago White Sox lose three games to none. So they basically got swept. Um, manager was Terry Francona. General manager was Phil Epstein. Scouting director was uh, Jason uh, McGlade. Then uh, ballpark was uh, Fenway Park. Attendance that year was 2,847,888. For the American League, um, they were projected to go 90 and 72, so they were basically five games better than expected. Uh, they were supposed to score 910 runs and allow 805. Go. All right, your top 12 players. At number one, the GOAT, David Ortiz, your start, start, can't talk, starting designated hitter. Sorry, Poppy. All right. Sorry, I butchered. Man, I, excuse me. Okay. At number two, Tim Wakefield, and I believe he was one of your starting pitchers, but I could be wrong. Yeah, he was. All right. Then at number three, your starting left fielder, Manny Ramirez. And number four, your starting center fielder, or Giant Damon. And number five, your starting catcher, Jason Veritek. And number six, your starting right fielder, Trot Nixon. And number seven, David Wells. He was a Boston Red Sox. Huh. And he was one of your starting pitchers. Yes. And then at number eight, your starting third baseman, Bill Miller. And number not or number nine, one of your starting pitchers, Matt Clonette. Yes. All right. And then add number uh, 10, 
Mike Timlin, one of your relief pitchers. Yes. And then at number 11, you're starting or you're starting to well, hold on. You're, oh, yeah. Bronson Royal. Yeah, he was one of your starting pitchers. Bronson Royal at number 11. And then at number 12, you're starting shortstop Edgar Renteria. One of the worst signings we've had. Yeah, he did not pan out with the Red Sox. All right. Sorry to say it, but he didn't really. He did appear on Arthur. Yeah. We did mention that last week. Did appear on an Arthur episode about the Boston Red Sox, which is very weird because that team was supposed to be the 2014, and he was not on that team. Yeah. Yeah, he was on the Cardinals. And yeah, he was the final out of that World Series. Yeah, grounder to uh, Keith Folk. Yeah, to end it. That's 2005, 2006. This isn't really memorable. Uh, they went 86 and 76, third in the American League East, so they did not make the postseason. So their streak of three straight postseason appearances ends. Uh, manager was uh, Terry Francona. General manager was Phil Epstein. Hold on. How much time do I got? All right. This might be the last one, then we'll go to break. All right. Scout or uh, Scouting director was uh, Jason McClade. Uh, ballpark was Fenway Park. Attendance that year was two mil or uh, two million nine hundred thirty thousand five hundred eighty-eight, fourth in the American League. They were projected to go eighty-one and eighty-one, so they were basically five games better than expected. Uh, they were supposed to score eight hundred twenty runs and allow eight hundred twenty-five. All right, here we go. Your top twelve players. Add number one, the goat. Your starting designated hitter, David Ortiz. At number two, one of your starting pitchers, Kurt Schilling, I believe. Yes. All right. And then look who cracked the list. Number three, your uh, – hold on. Jonathan Pavelbon. Yeah, and he was – yeah, your closing pitcher. All right, I was going to make sure he was a closing pitcher. All right. At number four, uh, your starting left fielder, Manny Ramirez. At number five, your starting third baseman. Oh, yep, your starting third baseman, Mike Lowell. At number six, one of your starting pitchers, Josh Beckett. Yes. And it's supposed to be your ace. At number seven, your first baseman, Kevin Euclid. At number eight, Tim Wakefield. And I believe he was your one of your starting, yeah, starting pitchers. All right. And then at number nine, look who cracked the list this year, John Lester. And I believe he was one of your starting pitchers also. Yep. And then at number 10, Julian Tavares. And he was one of your relief pitchers. And then at number 12, Alex Gonzalez, your starting shortstop. And then at number 12, your starting right fielder, Trot Nixon. Here we go. All right. That is it for 2006. All right. We will go to break because we are kind of getting close to running out of time in this segment. All right. But we will wrap it up with the next segment. All right, we are back to uh, wrap up uh, Red Sox 120 for the 2000s. All right, so here we go, 2007. And looks like number two in the century for World Series wins happens. This year is significant because we win another World Series. Yeah. So we uh, finished the year 60 or 96 and 66. First in the American League East. So the first time since 1995 we have won the division AL East or AL East for the first time since 1995. In the so we faced off against the LA or LA Angels Anaheim in the division series, swept them 
three games to none. Then in the ALCS, we were up a game and then basically lost three straight after that and then basically came back um, against the Cleveland Indians and won three straight after being down three games to one when the AL pennant against the Indians. Well, now the Cleveland Guardians now. Yeah, we got to start calling them that now. Yeah, we don't want to get canceled. Yeah. Then go to the World Series and then basically just swept the Colorado Rockies in four games kind of deal. So pretty good. Awesome. Pretty, pretty good. So World Series win number seven in franchise history and number two in this century. And the second in three years. All right. Manager was still Terry Francona. Uh, general manager was uh, Phil Epstein. Scouting director was uh, Jim McClade. Uh, ballpark was uh, Fenway Park. Attendance that year was 2 million. 970,775, fourth in the American League. They were projected to win 101 games and lose 61, but that didn't come to pass. Still a pretty good season, though, but just not as good as they were projecting. All right. They were supposed to score 867 runs and allow 657. All right. Here we go. All right. At number one, your starting pitcher and ace, Josh Beckett. At number two, the GOAT, your starting designated hitter, David Ortiz, big puppy. All right, at number three, your starting third baseman, Mike Lowell. At number four, your starting first baseman, Kevin Euclid. At number five, one of your starting pitchers, Kurt Schilling. At number six, your starting or one of your starting pitchers, Daisuke Matsuzaka. And then at number seven, cracking the list for the first time, your starting second baseman, Dustin Bedroya. OPD. At number eight, your starting center fielder, Coco Crisp. At number nine, your closing pitcher, Jonathan Papabon. At number 10, one of your relief pitchers, Hideki Okajima. At number 11, your starting catcher and the captain, Jason Veritek. And then at number 12, your starting right fielder, JD Martinez. Or not, I almost called him JD Drew, not JD Martinez. But he'll show up in a little bit. Don't you worry. J.D. Drew. Oh, my God. We almost called Trot Nixon Mike Trout. What are we doing? <laughs> All right. That is your 2007 Boston Red Sox. 2008. Uh, they did not repeat this year. And we'll, we'll go over it. So they finished 95 and 67. Second in the American League East. Um, they did uh, make the postseason. Good enough to make the postseason as a wild card. Uh, they did uh, face the AL or the Angels again in the series in the ALDS. Won that series three games to one, and then in the ALCS, won the first game and then lost and then lost three straight after that, and then almost came back and won three game back from being down three games to one to win the series, force a game seven, but unfortunately lost that game seven to. The vet or the team of destiny at that time, the Tampa Bay Rays, making the postseason for the first time in franchise history. Um, so they lost that series four games to three. So they were basically one game away from going to the World Series and repeating. Yeah, but not to be. All right, manager was Terry Francona. General manager was Phil Epstein. Foreign director was Mike Hazen. Scouting director was a uh, Jason McClade. Uh, ballpark was Fenway Park. Attendance that year were three million. Wow, three million. 
48,250, fourth in the American League. Uh, they were projected to go, oh, 95 and 67. So they were right on the money there. All right. Score, they were supposed to score 845 runs and allow 694. All right. Here are your top 12 players. And this year is also significant, too, because uh, Dustin Petroia wins the MVP, and that will be the last time until 2018 for Mookie Best to have a Red Sox player won MVP. All right, so here you are. Number one, you're starting second baseman, Dustin Pedroia, old Petey. All right. And number two, you're starting first baseman, Kevin Euclid. And number three, you're starting pitcher, one of your starting pitchers, J- or John Lester. And number four, one of your starting pitchers, Dice K. Matsuzaka. And number five, one of your starting pitchers, Josh Beckett, and your ace. And number six, uh, you're starting center field. Oh, uh, one of your backup outfielders, Jacoby Ellsbury. At number seven, one of your, uh, or your starting right fielder, J.D. Drew. At number eight, Tim Wakefield. Let's see if he's one of his starting pitchers. He could, yeah, he was still in your starting rotation. All right. At number nine, your starting left fielder, probably last year on the Red Sox, Manny Ramirez. And then at number 10, your start, or number 10, your starting third baseman, Mike Lowell. At number 11, Justin Masterson, and he, I believe it was one of your starting pitchers. No, he was a pitcher, but he doesn't really show up in the bullpen or the starting rotation. And then at number 12, Hideki Okajima, one of your relief pitchers. That is your 2008 Boston Red Sox. And then 2009, and we will wrap this thing up for the 2000s. All right, 2009 Boston Red Sox, here we go. All right, they finished the year 95 and 67, second in the American League East. Uh, they did make the postseason, so they were good enough to make a wild card appearance, but they lost in the division series to the LA Angels of Anaheim, three games to none, so they basically got swept. All right, manager was uh, Terry Francona, general manager was Phil Epstein, farm director was Mike Hazen. Scouting director was uh, Jason McClaid. The ballpark was Fenway Park. Excuse me. Attendance that year was 3,062,699, third in the American League. And then uh, ballpark, or then they were projected to go 93 and 69, so they were two games better than expected. They were supposed to score not 872 runs and allow 736. All right, here we go. Your top 12 players. At number one, Kevin Euclid, starting first baseman. At number two, John Lester, one of your starting pitchers, I believe. Yeah. All right. Then at number three, your starting second baseman, Dustin Pedroia, old Petey. And then at number four, your starting left fielder, Jason Bay. And then at number five, your starting pitcher and ace, Josh Beckett. At number six, your starting right fielder, J.D. Drew. At number seven, your closing pitcher, Jonathan Papelbon. At number eight, your starting center fielder, Jacoby Ellsbury. And then number nine, one of your starting pitchers, J- or Tim Wakefield. At number 10, one of your starting pitchers, Clay Buckles. At number 11, 
Ramon Ramirez, I believe this person looks new. Let's see. He was one of your late or one – I can't talk. He was in your bullpen. And then add number 12, also in your bullpen, too, Hikideki Okajima. All right. Your 2009 Boston Red Sox. And we are done for the 2000s, so we got two more after this. 2010s and the 2020s, which 2020s are really that much, like two seasons. But, yeah, so this is the one major one, <clears throat> 2010s, coming up next. But we'll do that in the next couple of weeks. We hopefully get our, try to get this done before the start of the season. Yeah. The reason we did the whole Red Sox 20 is to kind of do homage for the 120th season of Red Sox or Red Sox baseball that happened last year in 2021. I kind of wanted to do something like keep everybody occupied during the lockout and stuff like that. And kind of like do something during the off season, kind of talk a little bit about Red Sox history and stuff like that. We won't do this every season. Like I think the next time we'll try to do this is like 2031 for the Red Sox 130th season. But yeah, that, that's what I mean. I mean, a lot of stuff could happen then. So we don't know. All right. When I have a podcast by then, I don't know. All right. So here we go. So um, the surprise I had um, is that I'm going to do a bracket for this show, Condil. And we're going to do it every March Madness, Condil. So basically, so that's what we're going to do. I'm going to uh, basically go to break here. And then when we come back, we're going to break down our bracket for March Madness. And then after that, we're just going to wrap up the show. That's why we're not dropping the episode tonight as in Friday night or Saturday morning is for the fact that Selection Sunday is Sunday and they won't have a full bracket done until then. So we're just going to drop on Sunday night or basically Sunday evening. So, yeah. So heading up to the bracket. Without further ado, here's our bracket. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, so the one segment we have left before we wrap up the show, it's March. And you know what time of year that is. Yes, baseball is coming back. Yeah, that is true. But basketball related, as in March Madness. So I had a little surprise. The surprises and the reason why we didn't drop the episode last or this Friday and drop it at Sunday is because of March Madness. And we've created a bracket for the show. And I kind of wanted to wait until like Selection Sunday to like when it all like came out and stuff like that. So... My apologies if we if you were expecting an episode on Friday. I will apologize. We will not do that again, at least until next March kind of deal. So, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Want to get into the bracket? Let's get into the bracket. Come on. Ooh. Yeah. That's kind of one of the things I'm looking forward to in March. All right. So, in the West, I have um, – so, first game is number one, Gonzaga, versus uh, number 16, Georgia State. And – Come on, who are we kidding here? Gonzaga's winning this game. Yeah. Then number eight, Boise State versus uh, number nine, uh, Memphis. And I have Boise State winning this one and moving on to the round of 32. All right, yeah. One save of 32. All right. Um, number five, UConn versus number 12, Mexico State. New Mexico State or New Mexico State. Um, I have the Huskies of UConn winning this thing. Yeah, have a New England team win this thing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
number uh, four, Arkansas versus number 13, Vermont. Sorry, Arkansas is a better team, so I'm going to move on to Arkansas. Move them on to the round of 32 to face UConn. Then number six, Alabama versus uh, the winner of Rutgers versus Notre Dame. And, uh, well, actually, the round of um, the first or the first four, I actually uh, have Notre Dame winning that game. Yeah, they're in it? Huh, pretty much. But, sad. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. Hold on. There we go. I have a little upset there. I'm going, yeah, Notre Dame's beating Alabama in this one. I, I feel like they're beating them in this one. All right. There we go. Fix that. <laughs> All right. There we go. All right. I changed my mind. I originally had Alabama, but then I looked and see who the 11 seed was from the first four, and I saw thought, I can't go with Notre Dame, even though Gonzaga is my favorite team for basketball. I really can't just go with Notre Dame. So I'm pulling the upset against uh, Alabama. All right, so so Notre Dame's moving on to the round of a uh, sixteen or a uh, round or a uh, round of thirty two. Sorry, round of thirty two. We're losing it. All right, number three, Texas Tech versus uh, number fourteen, Montana State, and um, I have uh, Texas Tech win this one. And moving on to the round of 32, the face of Notre Dame. Uh, Michigan State versus Davidson, Steph Curry School, um, who's also a Red Sox fan, if you don't know. Yeah. All right. So I have Michigan State winning this one and uh, moving on to the round of 32. Duke versus uh, Cal State Fullerton. Um, Duke, pretty much in this one, they're a better team. Yeah, keep uh, Szczepski's. Uh, season and career alive. So basically keep old Coach K's career alive for a little bit. All right, so the round of 32. And the round of 32 for the West, Gonzaga versus uh, Boise State. I have Gonzaga win this one and uh, moving on to the Sweet 16. Um, UConn versus Arkansas. Sorry, but I have uh, Arkansas win this one and moving on to the round of uh, uh, the Sweet 16. Then Notre Dame versus uh, Texas Tech, and I'm probably going to go with Texas Tech this one. Yeah, at least I gave Notre Dame a win, at least. Uh, so they'll move on to the Sweet 16. And then Michigan State versus Duke, and I have Duke win this one and moving on to the Sweet 16. And then the Sweet 16, I have Gonzaga versus Arkansas, and the Bulldogs and Gonzaga are going to win this one again and move on to the Elite Eight. And then uh, Tex or Texas Tech versus uh, Duke, and I have Duke win this one. And moving on to the Elite Eight. And for that, I have Gonzaga versus Duke, and I believe Gonzaga is going to revenge or get the revenge they had they were inflicted on Thanksgiving weekend or on Black Friday. So I am basically going to give this one to Gonzaga, and they are moving on to the Final Four, representing the West. All right, that is it for the West. Now for the East. All right, Baylor versus Norfolk State, and I have Baylor win this one and moving on to the round of 32. Uh, number one, Baylor versus number 16, uh, Norfolk State. Number eight, North Carolina versus uh, number nine, uh, Marquette. And I have uh, North Carolina win this one and moving on to the round of uh, 32. St. Mary's versus Wyoming and IU or Indiana, I think I'm going to have uh, 
Indiana win the first four in that round. So it'll be St. Mary's versus uh, IU or uh, Indiana. And I have St. Mary's win this one and moving on to the round of 32. All right. UCLA versus Akron or number four or number four UCLA versus number 13 Akron. And I have UCLA win this one uh, and moving on to the round of 32. So I forgot St. Mary's was number five and then in uh, Indiana was number 12. All right. I forgot to say that. All right. Number six, Texas versus number 11, Virginia tech. And I have Texas win this one and moving on to the round of 32 uh, Duke versus Yale. Or number three, Duke, or number three, Purdue versus number fourteen, uh, Yale. Did I say Duke? I'm sorry if I said that. All right. So, um, uh, Purdue win this one and moving on to the round of thirty-two to face Texas. Number seven, Murray State versus number ten, San Francisco. Bill Russell's alma mater, former or a uh, Boston Celtic great, Bill Russell, his alma mater. So I'm having uh, Murray State win this one and moving on to the round of thirty-two. Number two, Kentucky versus number 12 or number 15, St. Peter's. And I have Kentucky win this one and moving on to the round of 32. All right. Baylor versus North Carolina. And I have Baylor win this one and moving on to the defending national champs win this one and moving on to the Sweet 16. Uh, number four, or and then uh, St. Mary's versus uh, UCLA. And I have UCLA win this one and moving on to the Sweet 16. All right, number six or num- or uh, Texas versus Purdue, and I have Purdue win this one and moving on to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, Murray State versus uh, Kentucky, yeah, Kentucky's winning this one and they're moving on to face Purdue in the Sweet Sixteen. Now to the Sweet Sixteen, uh, Baylor versus UCLA, and Baylor is winning this one and moving on to the Elite Eight, and then Kentucky versus Purdue, and I have Kentucky win this one and moving on to the Elite Eight. And for your Elite Eight matchup in the East, Baylor versus Kentucky, the defending champs are going to go back to the Final Four and uh, face Gonzaga in the Final Four. So they'll win the East there. So that's your East. Now your South. Let me see how much time I got. I got plenty of time. All right. So I have Arizona versus Wright State and uh, Bryant. And I got to have, uh, for this first four matchup, I'm going to have a Wright State win this one. So they're going to face Arizona. And I got to say, Arizona's going to end the dream for a Wright State and move on to the uh, round of 32. Uh, Seton Hall, or Seton Hall, or yeah, number one, Arizona versus number 16, Wright State. Number eight, Seton Hall versus number nine, uh, TCU. Seton Hall, that's where uh, Mo Vaughn went to college and played ball. Yeah. Not know that Mo Vaughn, famous Red Sox for first baseman. All right, so yeah, Seton Hall is winning that one, and they will face Arizona in the round of uh 32. All right, Houston versus uh or uh University of Alabama Birmingham. I have a buddy that played baseball there. Yeah, old Johnny Leesky pitcher. All right, so sadly, I'm gonna have Houston win this one and moving on to uh the round of uh 32. Illinois versus Chattanooga, and I have the hometown team or home state team, U of, or a U of I, win this one and moving on to round of uh, thirty or round of uh, thirty-two. All right, Colorado State versus Michigan, and I am having Colorado State win this one 
just for the fact that I – yeah, they're the better seed, and also I hate Michigan. All right. The only good things that came out of Michigan were uh, – or the couple of things that came out of Michigan were Tom Brady and Dave Portnoy. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only good things that came out of uh, Michigan State. There also is something else, but I don't want to mention this on this podcast, just from the fact that – yeah, there is another person that went to Michigan, and but I don't want to mention – this person because I don't want to get shut down. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Colorado state. Then, uh, number three, uh, Tennessee versus number 14 Longwood and Tennessee's win this one facing Colorado state in the round of a uh, 32 Ohio state versus uh Chicago Loyola sister Jean school. She's still kicking. Yeah. She's still alive. She's over a hundred. Yeah. She is still kicking. Mm-hmm. All right, but uh, Ohio State's win this one and moving on to the round of uh, 32. Villanova versus Delaware, or number two, Villanova versus number 15, Delaware. Uh, I have Villanova win this one and moving on to the round of 32. All right, there are round of 32 in the south. Here we go. Arizona versus Seton Hall, and I have Arizona win this one and moving on to the round of, or the Sweet 16. Uh, Houston versus Illinois, and I have Illinois win this one and moving on to the round of, or the Sweet 16. All right, Colorado State versus uh Tennessee. Tennessee's win this one and moving on to the round of or the Sweet 16. All right, and then Ohio State versus Villanova, and I have Villanova win this one and moving on to the round of uh the Sweet 16. Why do I keep calling it that? All right, the Sweet 16 from the South. Here we go. Arizona versus uh Illinois. Arizona will win this one. Oh, it's sad for the U of I fans. Uh, I, I really don't like U of I either. Even though I'm from here, I don't like U of I. Yeah, just some of the fans are just out there. Some of them are just really are mostly casual fans. I have, yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, yeah, so I said that. So, Arizona, so, yeah, so, yeah. Then uh, Tennessee versus Villanova. Uh, Villanova... Yeah, is win this one and moving on to the Elite Eight. And then your Elite Eight matchup for the South, Arizona versus Villanova. And the Wildcats of Arizona are win this one and going on to the Final Four. So representing the South. So that's your South region. And then finally, all right, to wrap up the region part, uh, the Midwest, Kansas versus uh, Texas Southern or uh, Texas or uh, Texas AM Corpus Crispy. I think I'm going to go with Texas A&M Corpus Crispy to be that uh, first four matchup for uh, Kansas in the or be that number 16 seed. And I'm going with Kansas in this one. I feel like they'll uh, be in the round of 32. So, and then number eight, San Francisco or San Diego State versus Creighton. San Diego State's win this one and moving on to the round of 32. Iowa versus Richmond. And Iowa's win this one and moving on to the round of uh round of 32. All right. Providence, yeah, the boys from old Providence, Rhode Island. Uh basically kind of remarkable team too, and kind of like nobody was expecting this team to kind of a team with destiny away. So I have them moving on or uh, win this one against uh South Dakota State, number 13 South Dakota State, and moving on to the round of 32. All right. And then LSU versus uh, Iowa State, and I have LSU win this one and moving on to the round of 32. Number three, Wisconsin versus number 14, Colgate. Uh, number three, Wisconsin's win this one and moving on to the round of 32. 
Then, oh, get out of here. Get these pop-ups out here. All right. All right. Number seven, USC versus uh, number 10, Miami. And I have USC win this one and moving on to the round of uh, 32. Auburn versus number 15, Jacksonville State. And I have Auburn win this one and moving on to the round of uh, 32. All right. Your round of 32 matchups, Kansas versus South Dakota State or uh, Kansas versus uh, San Diego State. And I have Kansas win this one and moving on to the Sweet 16. Number five or number five, Iowa versus number four, Providence. And Providence is win this one and going on to the Sweet 16. All right. Number six, uh, LSU versus number three, Wisconsin. And Wisconsin's win this one and moving on to the Sweet 16. Then L or, uh, UC or USC versus number two, uh, Auburn. And Auburn is win this one and moving on to the Sweet 16. Then Sweet 16 matchups, Kansas versus Providence. And sadly, the dream is going to come to an end for Providence as they're going to lose to number one, Kansas, as they will move on to the Elite Eight. Uh, Wisconsin versus Auburn. And I have uh, Auburn or Auburn win this one and moving on to the Elite Eight. And your Elite Eight matchup, Kansas versus Auburn. And I have Kansas moving on and going to the Final Four, where they will face Arizona. And yeah, so that's your Midwest matchup. All right, so final four. So let's see. First one, Gonzaga versus uh, Baylor. I have Gonzaga win this one. They're going to get revenge after uh, what happened last year in the championship game. They're not going to make the same mistake again if they make it to this point. And I believe they'll make it into the championship game. Then Arizona versus Kansas. And I have Arizona win this one and going into the championship game where it will be uh, Gonzaga versus Arizona, uh, Master versus Pupil, as in, you know, Mark Fuel, the uh, coach for Gonzaga, and his former assistant coach, now the head coach at uh, Arizona, Tommy Lloyd, and I believe Gonzaga is going to win this one, and the final score, according to my bracket that I made on ESPN uh, Bracket Challenge, 68-48 Gonzaga. They're going to win their first national championship, and they're going to get it done this year. All right. The old Gonzaga Bulldogs, they are going to win. Yeah, I would figure because this is uh, my favorite team and I am biased. So, yeah. So, yeah, Gonzaga for uh, college basketball. All right. Yeah, you have to be. This is your favorite team. All right. So, that is why we are dropping the episode Sunday night. So, if you're expecting an episode Friday, I do apologize. Uh, we won't do this too often. Just we're going to just do this every year for March Madness, just around this time, too. We're just going to create our own little bracket. So as long as we have a show, so as long as we have a podcast, we're going to keep doing it. All right. I was planning to doing it, like, back in 2020 with uh, some of my other podcasts I was doing, like, create a bracket for some. But COVID hit. That's where uh, – that's basically where – speaking of which, I think it was, like, yesterday was, like, the second year anniversary of when – the shuts down started happening. The pandemic really started. Wow. Where we are now. Yeah. I mean, everything's coming back, but at the same time, I mean, yeah. Wow. Things have changed. Some for the good, some for the not so good. All right. So that's it for this segment. All right. So we'll go to break and then come back and wrap up the show. So don't go anywhere. All right, we are back to wrap up the show. So I hope you liked my bracket. Yeah, 
Gonzaga winning it all? Yeah. I didn't know Guns I didn't know Tom was a Gonzaga fan. Yeah. For at least for men's basketball. I mean, for men's basketball. Other sports. I mean, if you wa- listen to my uh, third episode of the show, I did break down what my favorite teams were, and I kind of bounced back and forth for college teams for Division One, like for football, Notre Dame, basketball, Gonzaga, baseball, Wright State, and then uh, hockey, Boston College. Yeah. They have a game tomorrow in the Hockey East Conference. Gets Northeastern. Yeah. Hopefully they win. Keep the dream alive, folks. Try to make the mark. Try to make the Frozen or make the NCAA tournament. <clears throat> All right. Final thoughts. Um, I kind of didn't want to say something about um, this week. So it was later reported or earlier reported on Monday. It looked like um, Barstool kind of took down uh, Jared Carabas's, uh, um profile and the section 10 podcast profile too on their uh, website and it kind of looked like they didn't get a deal done and it looks like Jared Robbins is going to be working at DraftKings now as one of their like content creators maybe baseball but this kind of signaled the end of basically section 10 for us diehard Red Sox fans who loved listening to that podcast I just kind of want to say thank you to guys like Jared Carabas, Colin Mick, uh, Steve Perrault, Pad Light a little bit, and Jake a little bit too, their producer, the later episodes of the show. They're kind of the reason why I got in the podcast a little bit too. Just listening to their show, listen to their first episode back in 2018 on opening weekend. On opening weekend, just saying, these guys are funny. These guys have fun talking about Red Sox baseball. They'll talk about other stuff too, but they have fun talking about the Boston Red Sox and baseball and just life. And that's why I kind of started, maybe I should start my own podcast. Just talk about stuff like that. We won't go too little, uh, like dropping curse words and stuff like that, like they do and stuff like that. But yeah, just ha- trying to have fun, try to be funny a little bit too. At the same time, I wish we had like, I wish I had like a co-host and stuff like that. But living here in Illinois, you're not going to find a lot of Red Sox fans. But that's why I just want to take a few minutes to say thank you to guys like Jared Carabas and guys like Steve Perold, Coley Mick, and Pat Light, and <clears throat> stuff and people like that. Just kind of <clears throat> giving me the inspiration to kind of start doing podcasts and stuff like that, talk about the Red Sox. And best of luck to Jared Carabas. Um, working at DraftKings, hopefully you make us proud. And if this means, have I moved on with Barstool Sports? No, I'm I'm still a stoolie, no matter what. And we still got some. I still listen to some podcasts there too. Like, I they have a college basketball podcast, the Bench Mob that I still listen to. They have a history podcast called Twist, Twisted History. I still listen to that, and a Patriots podcast too. Um, do your pod. If you don't know where that came from, you know uh, Bill Belichick has a saying called do your job. Well, the host of that decided to call it do your pod, as in like do your podcast kind of deal. We also kind of do listen to unnecessary reference to their college football podcast. All right. I mean, do I kind of have a little bit of hard feelings for Dave Portnoy? I mean, 
it is business, business. And if they couldn't get a deal done, they couldn't have got a deal done. It just really is sad because that's kind of the reason because I became a Barstool fan is listen to guys like Jared Carabas and Section 10 and Starting 9 and stuff like that and their baseball podcast. They call him Poppy. Yeah, too. The podcast that he does or Jared Carabas does with David Ortiz. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's my spiel. I mean, it's been like a crummy week so far. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people know by now. Another final thought is Tuesday. So I got locked out of my Spotify account. And I thought, okay, I'll just log back in. And then they acted like, oops, something went wrong. Like they wouldn't let me log back in. I just got frustrated. I thought, well, there goes my Spotify account. Then I looked for, I just scrolled through Twitter, kind of looking for like some of my, Scores and seeing updates for the lockout and stuff like that. And then I saw somebody said, is anybody having a hard time with their Spotify account too? And I thought, I wonder if this is a bigger issue than just me. And then I looked through people and everybody started saying the same thing. And then I did my research, went online. And I saw, oh, there was an outage for Spotify and Discord. I thought, oh, so it wasn't us. It was on them kind of deal. But eventually, I got it back around well, when I took my 5 o'clock break. Um, that's when, yeah, I got Spotify back. And, yeah, everything was back to normal kind of deal. So, all right. So good. Yeah. So, yeah, we're back to listening to our podcast on there and stuff like that. And, yeah, it was just an outage. Yeah. Nothing to worry about. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this has been a rough kind of weird kind of week too just mentally and just stuff like that yeah just yeah do not care for it yeah so yeah so moving so as i said we were gonna do the lockout thing so we're still gonna do um so basically every series so here's what we're gonna do moving forward so every series spring training we won't go too much in the detail of the scores but once the season starts, we'll do like a podcast every end of the series kind of deal. So go break down the series, kind of go over the standings. We'll do a little bit of fantasy talk too, like basically like what I'm doing, like fantasy sports. We might talk about my fantasy teams maybe in the next couple of weeks and stuff like that. Um, basically like talk about do still do our calls baseball segment up until the end of the – Regular season of college baseball. We'll go over our minor league system too and like go over scores and stuff like that. Go down on the farm and stuff like that and see how they're doing. Yeah. So, yeah. And that, and that that's kind of the spiel there. Yeah. So, basically, we'll do a podcast every series. So, for example, the first series of the Yankees. So, after that series, which will be. Hold on. All right, hold on. Come on. All right, the seven. So, so basically, after so, say the so basically, um. We'll record like basically after every series. So basically, this one, this first Yankee series. So 
record Sunday and then, yeah, basically for a recap of the series and stuff like that. That's why I'm going to say do a recap of the series. So we'll do that, like do an episode, like a recap uh, series episode and stuff like that for like every series. Yeah. I'll try to, yeah, stay on top of that too, but I am going to go on vacation, planning on going on vacation to Florida. I might catch a Red Sox game in Tampa Bay um, around like July or so when they're down in Tampa Bay. But what I've been hearing from my mom, like she told me too, like if gas prices keep going up this high with the gas crisis and stuff like that heading into July, we might not go. But for now, the trip is still on, and I'm still going to go to my third Red Sox game uh, being a fan. So first one was back in 2016 um, against the Giants at home at Fenway Park. So I did see a game at Fenway Park on around like July the 20th, 2016, Poppies last year. Um, won that They won that game 11 to, or 11-7, to 7. Drew Pomerantz game, first one. Yeah, for all Pomerantz. Carabas acted like they lost that game. That's not true. They won that game. I mean, love you, Carabas, but at the same time, I think you're wrong on this. I, I was at that game, and they won that game. <laughs> yeah, and that was the game that Hanley Ramirez had like a hat-trick home run game. Like he hit three home runs in the game. That was fun. Uh, the second game I went to was at Guaranteed Ray Field against the White Sox that in 2018, like, Memorial Day weekend, that was not fun. That that was one of the worst games ever. They got shellacked like 14 to 4. At least they won the World Series that year, but that was one of the not great moments in that season. Or at least few mo- at least not too few moments in that series. Or in that season, yes, series. Yeah. So hopefully they'll win this one if I go down to Tampa Bay. We'll see. Depends. All right. Anything else? I think we're good. We'll do something for St. Patrick's Day next week. I'll talk a little bit like a little Irish American heritage and stuff like that and how it connects to the Boston Red Sox and stuff like that too. So, yeah, it's gonna, that might be a fun episode next week. Yeah, and we'll also uh, do Red Sox 120, the 2010s. Try to get that wrapped up before the season starts. And, yeah, yeah, we're getting close, boys. So maybe next episode, we might have a Seiya Suzuki signing or a Trevor Story signing or, or a Kyle Schwarber maybe. Maybe a relief pitcher signing, a start, another starting rotation uh, piece for the replace Eddie Rodriguez. Maybe Carlos Correa, but that might be a pipe dream at this point. But yeah, Carlos Correa maybe. We'll see. This is where March Madness really happens for baseball. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for this opportunity to share. Keep doing what I love. Subscribe, ring review on Apple iTunes. Give us a five-star review if you can. Follow the show on Twitter at the red underscore charter. Then follow the show on TikTok at lowercase Illinois or lowercase Sox Illinois. Then follow the show on Instagram also at lowercase Sox Illinois. And then follow the show or like the show on Facebook at the or the Red Sox Nation, the Illinois Charter. And then follow the show on Spotify and Apple. All right. With that being said, I believe that will about do it. All right. See you guys next week. Banyana.